I know words. I have the best words. I have the Welcome back to the timeout hosted by yours truly, Jonathan Martinez. You can block me, follow me, spam me, I don't care, on Twitter at JGMN23. Uh, the official timeout Instagram account is the timeout 2020. I've followed, uh, I've barely recently started it up. So, you know, you might call on it. There might be a lot of followers, but uh, it's going to start booming soon. So don't miss out on the action. We're going to, we're going to talk about recent events that's happened ever since I stopped podcasting for a while, since all the way up in April, you know, we're going to talk about protests. We're going to talk about fires. We're going to talk about TikTok getting uh, banned. And then we're going to talk about certain TikTokers getting banned. We're going to talk about video games in the second half of the episode. We're going to talk about uh, everything that's, that's been going on with football. You know, every, every, of course I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick to Arsenal for some stuff. But I'll go into the Champions League. I'll go into you know Mourinho at Spurs. I'll go into the career mode that Chelsea are playing. So don't miss out. First of all, welcome back. Uh, I'm starting a Patreon account as well. Uh, I don't think I'm going to include this episode as a video for the first one. I just want to see how everybody feels first. And then after this, I'll start uploading videos. So basically... Patreon, it'll be in the description. It's a $2 a month subscription where I um, include all these episodes that are on here that are like wherever you're listening to right now. It'll have these episodes and it'll have them ad free. So they'll be ad free. And uh, as long as there's a guest with me, they will be in video form. So uh, either whether it's a Zoom call, a Discord call, it'll be in video form. So you can see our ugly faces. But today it's just me, so there is a, will be no video. It's just to come back for the little introduction. First of all, California, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, you name it, we're all burning. <laughs> you know, in California, I, um, I've always thought it was so pretty and beautiful here. And in the last three years, I've been burning alive. In 2017, we have the, the, the notorious Tubbs Fire that ripped through my hometown, Santa Rosa, California, and it ripped through parts of Windsor, like the shallow areas, and uh, up in Fountain Grove, which is also part of Santa Rosa. You know, since then, since then, it's been it's been very hectic. Uh, you know, I I remember that that same uh, week that the um, fires started, that I um, uh, actually went down with a heart palpitation because of all the anxiety that was built up from just the shock factor of some not being ever being in something like that. And wow, what an experience. And I never thought I'd feel it again. Um, I ended up getting two heart palpitations <laughs> in that same month. Um, obviously it happens, but you know, you don't expect it. And um, I didn't think we'd, we'd see another fire until like, I think it was that same year. Let me just confirm real quick that the Paradise Fire, it was maybe a year after, but let me see. Paradise Fire, to the, okay, it was 2018, so it was a year after, and they had the worst, uh, the most deadly in uh, California fire or wildfire history. They lost 85 people, unfortunately. 
um, that was really, literally like maybe almost exactly a year after our uh, Tufts fire fracas. The, the the positives out of the Tufts fire for us was that we only I think we only had one or two casualties, but Paradise had a, a solid eighty five. And uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, it's probably not going to stop anytime soon because currently Paradise is in a in a section where they're probably going to get evacuated again. You know, we recently uh, last year got evacuated for an, another fire that was close to Hillsburg um, from Calistoga and or from Geyserville. And it was just another it feels like it happens every day or almost every week. And, you know living in California for the last, about say, 20, 19 years, I'm 21, so I guess 18, 19 years, um, have, uh, have been not, nothing like that, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's worrying, because when you're, as a Californian, you think, like I said at the beginning, you think everything's pretty, you think everything's, you know, hot, sun, California, whether it's not, it's hot, because it's burning, it's a different type of hot that I would not prefer. And uh, currently we have, let's see, an act active fires. Or we got like the SCU Lightning Complex, the LNU Lightning Complex, both, both well over three hundred fifty thousand acres. The North Complex fire way above two hundred fifty two thousand acres. The Creek fire uh, over one hundred seventy five thousand acres. That's only six percent contained. The first two I mentioned are ninety eight and ninety five percent contained, so they're mostly contained. But you know they're just obviously still not done. There's 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 fires um, starting in a uh, in like Southern California right now, and then I saw uh, Oregon had some really bad ones. That uh, if you saw the pictures in Oregon, the skies were red. They were not orange like most of us had in California. They were red, and uh, it's not a pretty sight to see. As much as people like to say how nice it looks, it's not. Let's hope California could get its shit together because this isn't, this isn't some random, it's not random. We all know it's not random. It's, it's years and years and years of negligence. Um, and let's hope that, um, you know, we don't have to, dare I say, migrate out of California <laughs> and, um, moving on. Actually, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about recently on TikTok. Uh, Donna Leash, who's a 17-year-old TikToker who literally makes his uh, his content based around um, like facial reactions to other people's TikToks, and he got a lot of backlash when he decided to when he not that he decided, but he just kept doing it, and people started calling out for calling him out for it once he got verified. Is that he would like make a surprise face when a uh, person would either cross dress or transform when they're a transgender and he would cross he would he would make a face as if he was like surprised uh i'm assuming the 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 natural the first like reaction was like oh that's homophobic because he and, uh people were trying to say that it was like a like, a, like an angry face because if you look at the rest of his content, a lot of it, like he makes an angry face when he sees something that's like, uh, like annoys him. But this one was more like a surprise, you know. And I know people may disagree with me. That's okay. Um, but in my opinion, I don't think the kid should have been banned. He was 17. He was just making content. He would never tag. He would never tag um, that person so they wouldn't like 
go on his page and he repeatedly multiple times would say like hey guys don't leave any hate you know this is that's not who we are but you know he's he had over four million fans at the time so you know it was 200 maybe 200 people excuse me going after saying very homophobic comments to the people that he would do it uh and that's not to say that the reason he got banned wasn't even because of the, the that um content it was because a certain user by the name of i think heart the the heart throbber or something like that he would he lied and reported to i think the new york times that uh that the chris specifically sent people to send him death threats and he then admitted that he lied about it so once he was already banned, he lied about it. And and in the meantime, while this has happened, Don Ellis has gotten four four accounts banned, and he's on a fifth one right now under a different name, under called Nicholas the Dude or something like that. And uh, it's 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 obviously it's not that deep, but it it's it's it paints a bigger picture of cancel culture and just how toxic it is. Um, where like any anything where like your opinion is different or anything where you're perceived as something you're not you're instantly canceled you're instantly doxxed i think it's ridiculous because i think everybody should have their own opinion i think everybody should have their own voice i don't care if you disagree that's just you know if they're genuine if they are genuine homophobic comments genuine racist comments genuine uh genuine like um anti-semitic comments islamophobic um you know anything like that then then I still wouldn't necessarily cancel them, but I would surely, I would expose them, you know, don't, don't have their content on the page, you know, unless they apologize. And because, you know, when you, when you silence someone, it doesn't give them the opportunity to be better. There's this, there's this, there's this problem. I think in this country where every, every, any person that I feel like maybe crossed the line or goes too far or made a mistake is never given the chance to, to show that they can be a better person and show that they can change. I think this one doesn't apply to pedophiles though, because, you know, that's a different type of, um, a different type of mistake. If we, if we must say, I think, uh, people who maybe just grew up with a different mentality around certain homosexual, around uh, certain sexualities, certain, certain things like that. I think, um, because if you look at, if you look at a lot of the people today that accept, um, like LGBT rights and stuff like that. A lot of them five years ago would have were probably calling somebody gay out of the, out of a joke, out of pure negligence, out of pure like just a disgusting comment, right? And now are like full on supporters or even might be gay themselves. I think, I think uh, it shows that people change. It shows that people grow up. It shows that people are willing to be somebody who you know they weren't five years ago i think cancel culture literally ruins people's lives when they're trying to get them back back on their feet or they're trying to be better they're trying to be a more whole person whole um a more genuine heartfelt person so yeah that's my take on that i if you want to see a full me and a me and par plays uh, his link is in the description. We had a full conversation on his Twitch. It's not on his YouTube yet, but I'll link his Twitch on his YouTube. And we had a full an hour and a half discussion about him getting banned and cancel culture and how it all ties into politics. But for now, I'll leave it there. I recommend you go check that out because it's a more, 
uh, in depth uh, description and more thorough explanation discussion and let's see if we can talk about it sometime again moving on to protests um which we can argue have been effective or not um it's it's uh it's gone obviously we all know that portland has been uh protesting since the 28th of may uh you know they're 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 what is it four months now almost four months strong in protesting we've seen problems that have happened there we've seen uh in other places like minneapolis like uh atlanta um we saw it in new york as well obviously they haven't been protesting as long as portland um the the protests are all in good faith they're all in I understand 100% because I would be out there too. And it's crazy that that a whole country of 300 million people, we'll say half of them because some people don't agree. So let's say 150 million people would 100% agree that these protests are the right thing to do. And the country to still not respond not not even give them the benefit of the doubt not even take into consideration any any ideas you you see people say all lives matter and then you try to see them justify everything anything possible for somebody gets shot in the back seven times it's just hypocritical you know i'm not someone that that tries to be biased in politics um because i like many hate hate both sides of the political spectrum but uh, it's just hypocrites all the way around, and it's not someone. It's not something that uh, makes you happy. It's not something that makes you smile. It's not something that uh, makes you feel good. It's you know how what what changes if Biden is is appointed if Biden is elected. What changes really? Because sure, you could talk about foreign policy and. And uh, for the economy and other policies, but I'm talking about four sort of really important things like this, like like these protests that have been going on, the the not the defunding, but the the real allocation of funds in the police department. You know, all this stuff that has been affecting people of color for years, for years from both sides of the administration, both of them. How will Biden change it? It's not something that I want to give my opinion on because it's not something that's known. If somebody has a different opinion than I do about Biden, then go ahead and uh, leave a comment in the description and I'll try to answer everything. Because or I'll try, and I won't answer because obviously you're going to know more than me on that subject. So I'll, 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 I'll respond for sure. I don't know. It's just one of those topics that makes me upset at this country because I love this country. I love it like a like my favorite team. I love it like my favorite soccer team. Uh, but you know, if you as much as you love your favorite soccer team, you always want it to be better, and you always want it. You always want to criticize it when it's not doing the right thing. And that's what I feel like a lot of people don't know how to do with their country. They always think that everything's perfect, and it's not. It's just perfect for you. I think people should take other people's ideas into consideration. It's always one side this, one side that. Why can't we talk like normal people? 
that's uh that's all I'm gonna say about that. Just because me and Bilo had done a podcast about um the George Floyd uh, reaction back in May, uh, June-ish. So that's still on my channel. If you want to check that out, go ahead. We have we did a video uh, Zoom call, so that uh, is still up. Moving on to a bit of lighter terms, uh, a bit more fun actually. A bit of something that might make you smile. For my fellow COD players out there, COD isn't quite a trance right now because modern warfare has been so toxic, so camper friendly, so noob friendly, so so not good friendly, <laughs> you know? I wouldn't classify myself as anybody good in the game, um, but I'd classify myself as, you know, I just want to have fun and don't want to be killed by some guy camping in a corner. I don't want to be killed by some dude not doing anything in the game and they end up with a higher KD than me because they're playing the game to what they can do. And from what I've seen, the looks of it, uh, Call of Duty Cold War, Cold, sorry, not War, <laughs> Cold War is looking to release on November 13th. The open beta is coming out soon, early on PS4. You know, this is, this is probably going to be a huge step for them just because I feel like, obviously, Treyarch and, and, um, Infinity Ward are separate, but I think that Infinity Ward had a very bad, very bad experience this time. Obviously, the whole introduction of Warzone was big, but in in general, the game itself, uh, since the release date, was never, never, never filled, got to its potential, I would say, just because they never really cared about you know, making the game for streamers or for content creators and never cared about making it better for people like, like even, even though they, they cater to news more at the same time, they're hurting them because they're not putting them up against better players. And when they do get put up against better players, this, the matchmaking just puts them back down into where they were and they just camp again, the same cycle, excuse me. And that's just so toxic. You 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 get on, you play two games, and that's it. You don't feel like playing anymore. There's a reason a lot of people play Warzone instead of the actual game, which, by the way, costs sixty dollars, and Warzone costs zero. And a lot of people play Warzone preferred to the game. Why? Because it's dog shit. It's 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 on a it's on a it's. I feel like it went off a hill maybe two months, three months ago, maybe even before that, and we're just slowly gliding down it, and then we're just ready to hit the floor. But when we hit the floor, it will be Cold War, and let's hope that's a game changer. Hopefully, it's gonna be it's gonna be the first COD game on on the next gen. So let's see how that goes. I'm um, really excited uh, for all my COD fanatics out there. Drop the comment down below. Let me know what you think. Uh, obviously, the new FIFA is coming out. All the sports games. I have uh, absolutely no faith in FIFA anymore. That's why I don't play it. I only play pro clubs. I'm very good at that. Ask a uh, Anybody in Santa Rosa, they'll tell you I'm a GOAT. Undisputed, any, of course. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have any... What's the word? I don't have any hope for FIFA. It's uh, Ever since they started relying on Ultimate Team more than any uh, any other aspect in the game, Pro Clubs hasn't changed in, like, five years. You know, they've changed some features, but it's always been... It's, it's always going to be the same static, just not good game mode like compared to how much time and the effort they put in ultimate team career mode which is which is like years light years behind 2k's career 
it's 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 ridiculous. God damn video games. But um that's gonna wrap up section one. Uh I hope you guys enjoyed it. I will quick take a quick break, quick ad break. Sorry. Haha. <laughs> and I'll be right back with some football. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you thanks to Hinato's Tile and Stone, a company dedicated to making you feel comfortable at home. Since the Tubbs Fire of 2017 that wrecked Coffee Part in Fountain Grove and parts of Shiloh Valley in Santa Rosa, Hinato's Tile and Stone has been crucial in the rebuilding and remodeling of home interiors. Whether it's a tile deck slash porch, a brand new kitchen backsplash, or a luxurious new bathroom, they have you covered. Make sure to give them a call at 707-695-2395. Once again, the number is 707-695-2395. And we are back. Welcome back, everybody. Now we're going to talk about football. Ah, what's what everybody was waiting for. Well, it's been a lovely, lovely, lovely summer break because there hasn't been one because this is part of the shortest summer break in the history of european football why because of corona because of covid everybody had a shorter everybody had a shorter summer and a longer season all the cups finished until august champions league finished at the end of august which by the way was amazing um i had i had a i had psg going out to atalanta if i'm honest and if you watch the game uh, this is the only one i'm really going to talk about maybe the city leon game the, if you watch the game, then, pff, like, Atalanta had it in the bag. Is that PSG threw the kitchen sink at it, really? They put on 400 million pounds of players on the pitch, and that's what they did. You know, you can't blame them for, you know, using their assets. I don't think they necessarily deserved it, but, you know, they should have. That, that was the bare minimum. And then when we're talking about the Leon, uh, Leon City game, Pep with a disaster class again, four years in a row now. It's getting, or if you include Bayern and Barca, it's uh, it's been a while since he's been to the Champions League final. You know, it's been uh, since 2011. That was nine years ago. It's 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 time to to show us what you really made up, Pep. You know, don't don't try to tell us that you need that you need Messi only, because I know you're better than that, or are you? I don't know, but he always bottles it. But I almost did forgot to mention. 8-2 <laughs> Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich destroyed Messi's Barcelona 8-2 in what felt like a game that was coming for Barcelona, but I still don't think that we necessarily expected it to be 8-2. I always thought on the night that uh, as long as Messi showed up, that there's always a chance that Barca was going to take it just because Messi is Messi. But um, I'm not going to say he didn't show up, but he didn't have a good game. He did not have a good game. And with the rest of the Barca team being as bad as it's been for years now with terrible recruitment, I would say worse than Arsenal's recruitment, if you ask me, they stumbled and they took a hard fall off a cliff. Gnabry, Lewandowski, they're their own, they're Barca's best player on the night was Coutinho, and he was playing for Bayern, and he scored two goals against them. And he got an assist. So... Obviously, now in time, that was a little bit farther back. I was just—I'm just recapping because I haven't been talking about this stuff. And obviously, Ronald Koeman is now the coach or the manager at Barcelona. Obviously, he wants Suarez out. He wants PK maybe out. He wants Fidal out. I think he's going to enter. Uh, there's a chance that uh, they bring in Bynaldum from Liverpool. And obviously, the whole Messi saga—the whole that uh, he wants to leave when his transfer regress, that I want to go somewhere else. There was talk of him going to City. 
you know, I would have never pushed him to go to to go to city just because he didn't. I wouldn't think he'd want to bring his family there, because because Argentinians don't really, or South Americans in general, don't really um, get accustomed to life in England. There's rare occurrences like Aguero, and um, you know, maybe maybe more Brazilians, but not really like Spanish speaking, Spanish speaking uh, South Americans. But uh, you know, now that that's passed, we saw Bayern. Uh, I wouldn't say uh, dominant. They, they, I think PSG could have took that final. But uh, you know, I Neymar and Mbappe didn't show up on the night. I would say they were they were good in terms of build up, but in terms of the final finish, they were dreadful. Mbappe should have put one away. Neymar should have put one away. And uh, it's unfortunate that they're seasoning in heartbreak after you know after they saved that quarterfinal against Atalanta. But Bayern are champions. Deservedly, uh, I don't know what they feed their players, but uh, they are yoked. They are fucking big, and you know they could have a whole another year or two of dominance if they keep it up the way they were playing last season. I don't see any team that's as good as them right now. You know, obviously it's still early. Season's about to start. Uh, transfer window doesn't close until October sixth, so there's still plenty of time. Almost uh, less, almost just just. Barely less than a month and left in the transfer market. So, you know, that's a whole lot of time to get stuff done. We'll see how that transfer deadline goes. Um, but let's talk about Arsenal. Let's talk about Arsenal. You can you can turn off the podcast now if you hate me, if you hate Arsenal. Hey, there's no need to hate. There's no need to hate. Arsenal are in a, in a peculiar situation where I would say not just Unai Emery, but the whole board uh, didn't plan very well for the future after Wenger left. I feel like uh, I feel like the the plan was always to you know they always wanted to bring in Arteta, but you know it's hard to be the guy after Wenger. So I always feel like Unai Emery was the fall guy, and that's what he was. So Unai Emery obviously was quite embarrassing in the second season. The first season we weren't very good either, but we should have easily qualified for top four. And then he decided to play like six defenders against against Brighton at home, then against Crystal Palace, and you know we had three games where we easily, where all we needed was three points, and we I think we got ooh, two or one point out of those three, and that's where we bottled it. And then you know what? It was like, oh, well, you know what? Whatever. We'll win the Europa League final. We get Chelsea in the final, and they batter us. They 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 didn't even play great, if I'm honest. Hazard had a great game, but we just looked uh, unmotivated. Just, just uh, no heart at all. So, obviously, that's what happened to this season. To that's what led to this season that just happened. That Unai Emery had lost a dressing room at that point. I think I feel like he lost it in that final, and uh, it's it's a shame really that we lost half a season because of Unai Emery. And uh, obviously, Mikel Arteta Mikel was appointed in December after Youngberg took a month. Uh, I think he was the supervising manager for at least like three weeks for a month almost because it took that long to get Arteta in. Obviously, we brought Arteta in after the City game where, funny enough, he was on the other bench in the City camp as Guardiola's assistant. And uh, that night he saw just how terrible in a position we were and how dreadful and how embarrassing we were. And uh, it was actually Vinay Venkatesham, the CEO of Arsenal now, who went to his house that same night uh, to go ask him for his services. And that's when he joined. And it's been quite a ride since then. You know, obviously, when he first came in, it wasn't great results, obviously, because he's a fresh manager. The team's the roster, um, you know, the squad death in our team is terrible. This is all before summer, the summer signings. 
and he only he's only like he loses to Chelsea at home in the first couple of games. He beats Leeds in the cup. He then beats United in the league, which was a great a performance. Uh, we then go to Chelsea again and tie two two on a, on ten men without Aubameyang. So they're like there's like these little results that like give you some sort of like hmm we probably wouldn't have got that result under Emery. So you see slow results, and then the then the coronavirus hit, or actually then the the Europa League knockout hit. We were in the Europa League um, quarterfinal, and we were eliminated by Olympiacos in extra time, uh, in like the 117th minute at home, which was dreadful. And then a week later, uh, it was found out that the the owner or the CEO of Olympiacos was at the game, and he had con- and he had COVID apparently. And so I don't know if it was him that gave or somebody else that was already in the air, but Mikel Arteta then posted, uh, sorry, post, um, tested positive for COVID uh, a week later. Can you believe that? So at this point, shut down because of Mikel Arteta getting, um, getting tested positive, then the whole league shut down and we shut down for like two weeks. And then it was talk of like, okay, we'll do another two weeks. And three months later, in June, the league started back up again. Obviously, the Bundesliga was first uh, in terms of uh, restarting back again. They were maybe two, three weeks ahead of everybody else. The only league that had canceled was actually the French league, and I think the Belgian league too. Uh, so at this point, we come back, and we look not great, but better. We look like we, over the lockdown, were very, uh, what's the word, communicative as a group. And one, the the problem with Arsenal cons, uh, consistently, at least recently, has been that we don't have a we don't have a, that creative player anymore that uh, would you know could just get the ball against those teams that just play defensive blocks and uh, and you know tear tear a new one into them. We we have a squad that's built for you know countering and and holding off big teams, which is why you saw us beat City, Liverpool in the same week. You saw us then beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final, which was a masterclass. Uh, Aubameyang was world class in that game. But uh, but just just a week before that FA Cup final, we played Villa and lost one 0 because we couldn't create dog shit chances. We had one shot, I think, and it wasn't on target. And um, it was it it showed really that what we needed in the summer. So after the FA Cup final, obviously it's full celebrations. Mikel that does one more trophies in Pochettino, haha, and. And uh, and the summer hits, and it, and then we sign Willian on a free, and then we get Saliba from uh, Saint Etienne back because we bought him last season, and now he's he's obviously he he went on loan at, back to Saint Etienne for one year, and he's back now, and then we signed Gabriel uh, Magalhaes from um, from Lille, obviously just like we signed Pepe last season, so the squad is starting to come together. You know, the way it looks like tomorrow, it looks like David Luiz is out. It looks like uh, Gabriel won't play. He just came. He hasn't played in a while because obviously the French League was was suspended. So it looks like we're going to have Saliba start. And it looks like we're going to have maybe Holding, Tierney start. The The future does look bright. Recently, just yesterday, Mikel Arteta, the Arsenal posted that he's now the first team manager. Uh, so if you guys don't know, usually it used to be called manager. Now it's mostly called first team head coach, but he, they've given him the title of first team manager, which is more similar to like a Wenger style. So now he's the manager at Arsenal 
full time, uh, working with Edu as a technical director. So, you know, this team has the blueprint for something special, but it's still got to catch up to the likes of City, Liverpool, Chelsea squad is looking vamped up. It's just I don't think I don't think they have a good structure yet. But Chelsea squad looks great for the future. Man United just need to make a couple signings to have some good depth, and they'll be good. Uh, Spurs they have. Probably arguably the top manager in the world, maybe top five manager in the world who can get a lot done. You know, people are always downing Spurs right now. I hate Spurs with all my life, but <laughs> but Mourinho can get stuff done. I feel like a lot of people are doubting him. You know, I see Wolves challenging again. Everton, maybe Everton has signed a whole new midfield and James, Takure, and Allen from Napoli. So it's an exciting season to come. Obviously, Leeds got promoted, so we're, we're going to see Marcelo Bielsa in the in the Premier League, you know, him and Guardiola used to battle it out, and Mourinho back in uh, La Liga, so it's going to be the great league. Tomorrow is the first game. If you're in California, Pacific time, it's at 4.30 in the morning. You bet your ass I'll be up tomorrow. Yeah, I've picked the I picked the draft team, and I picked the bombing first. I got Nick Pope in goal. So let's see. I'll post I'll post my, uh, my, my draft, and if you... If you uh, subscribe on Patreon, I'll post it right there see, and see what I got. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great season. I'm really excited to see how the Champions League goes this season. Obviously, we're not in it, but <laughs> but uh, I see I see um, City winning the Premier League. Maybe Real Madrid, uh, Real Madrid the, the, sorry, repeating the La Liga. La Liga. Uh, I see, obviously, PSG winning the French League. Uh, Juventus probably winning the Italian League, unless Inter step it up for real. And I see, obviously, Bayern winning the German League. Uh, there's, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate, those leagues that are so monopolized by two teams that, you know, rarely there's ever another champion. But, you know, something I can't predict right now is Champions League winner because Champions League winners are always good when it matters, not at the beginning of the season. You know, we've seen Real Madrid be four time, three times in a row, four times in five years, Champions League winners. Um, and most of those seasons, they started the first f- five months of the season not very great. You know, I'm pretty sure in none of those in none of those uh, years that they won the Champions League, they won the league. So you that that tells you a lot about how their actual campaign was going. You know, the the year uh, this year, Bayern Bayern won the Champions League this year dominantly, impressively. They were terrible at the beginning of the, of the, of the league. They they sacked uh, Niko Kovac, and the rest is history. You know, it's it's very rare that a team like actually starts the league well and and then and then ends up also being a Champions League winner. It's very rare. That's why whenever they do it, or like it's a treble, or even close finish, it's celebrated. So like when Liverpool won the Champions League, they didn't start the season. Uh, they were obviously really good that season. They they ended up only with one loss, but they weren't as powerful as they were the season that just passed. But at but at the end of the season when they won the Champions League and you saw how good they were in the league, it was it they only got pipped by one point by City. You knew damn well they were they were taking it this year, and they did. City fell off by twenty points, I believe. So it just tell you how end of season form tells a lot. So it's going to be a great season. Uh, I hope you guys keep up with me. I'm going to be posting about footy uh, every single week. It's going to be half and half every week, depending on, you know, what's going on. If if nothing's going on in the real world, then I'll just talk full footy. If nothing's going on with footy, I'll just talk real world full podcast. And we'll see. And um, I hope to catch up with you guys soon again. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>